0: Hey guys! Well, last week's episode was so popular with Colin, I decided I was just gonna call her again for Doula Diaries. So let's let's give her a ring. And if you listened to last week, did we have a car baby? Um, I don't know. Did we? Did you listen? Let's do the fake ring.
1: Ring, ring, ring. Hello, this is Colin with Doula Differently. good
0: morning
1: good morning hey girl hi
0: um okay today i think we have to share about k and b and their yes. births this week yes all right where do we yes. i think we want to start with you guys we're gonna to try to keep this episode short and what we want to tell you the takeaway of this i'm gonna give give it away up front 5 centimeters dilated, 80% effaced, negative two station.
1: That's what we're talking about?
0: Yeah. We got that. How many
1: times do we have to tell people cervical exams don't mean shit? I'm like, do we need to put it in Braille, a different language? What do we need to do here?
0: Right. Because you guys, Colin and I got both of those exams, 580 negative two, client a and client B, but we're calling them K and B by their first initials. Okay. In their labors, first time birthing persons, full term. Let's talk. We gotta share. We gotta tell like we gotta bring it home. Why don't you tell K's story?
1: So she went
0: first. You talked Oh,
1: yeah. sweet baby angel. She had prodromal labor symptoms for a I mean, almost five days, I mm-hmm. think um, she was doing all the comfort measures, all the things we were dueling the shit out of her to get through prodromal labor. But nothing was progressing. Um, we'd had her get baby checked on. She was losing stuff, all that stuff. And then she went to get a check. and she I think at that check, she was five eighty negative two,
0: five eighty negative two. She had and by prodromal labor, you guys, we mean consistently having timeable contractions with a start, a peak, and a stop, six to 18 minutes apart in five days, she never had a 20-minute break from a contraction, ever. That is prodromal labor, labor that goes on and on and on, but it never progresses to closer to, uh, to under five minutes apart Lasting for sixty to ninety seconds, so I mean, all she wanted was an unmedicated birth, and she lasted five days.
1: I told her at one point I couldn't emotionally handle that without trauma. Who could? Like, oh,
0: well, anyway, some we got her through it. We had her go get, you know, check on her baby a couple of times, and that was started on Monday and on Friday. She was five eighty negative two, and her contractions were finally four minutes apart. So they admitted her. Woo! They were like, "You are in labor."
1: And we actually, so they called you in, and then I came and switched with you later. So, do you want to say how it was when you were there?
0: Yeah. So, so I got there at like uh, maybe ten o'clock in the morning, and I labored with her until what ten o'clock at night. And yeah. Um. I would say it progressed a little bit. Okay? So 580 negative 2. The whole point of this is it doesn't mean it doesn't give you any information. We even had the doctor do a bedside um ultrasound to check position. Since Colin and I are certified in spinning babies, I was like I need to know R O T L O T O P. I was kind of guessing. ROP. But when they did the ultrasound, baby was actually ROT. So I was like, great. That's a different set of positions.
1: This is just a shout out to last week's episode about it. It's helpful to have doulas that know their shit and that know the providers.
0: (laughs) Right. Because I was able to be like, hey, can we get a quick bedside ultrasound just so I make sure I'm doing the right things? Man, we did everything for and she was unmedicated the whole time. We did everything everything every hip squeeze every shake the apple tree every sacral release every jiggle every massage acupressure hanging on the birth sling toilet seating I mean bundle birth spinning babies mile circuit levante circuit we literally did all of it and guess what happened you guys Colin came on shift because she was still pregnant
1: at 10 o'clock at night. And And she she was still unmedicated and she was doing all the things. But
0: our spidey senses were really up because no matter what we did, her labor was not progressing. Yep. And so we don't need vaginal exams to tell us that your labor is progressing or not progressing. Her labor was not progressing.
1: I think when you had got her checked at some point, you know, her exam was similar. I came on. We continued to do all of the things. And then she got another exam later on. It was the same. Mm -hmm. She got another. We did. We continued to do. I asked about baby's position, all that stuff. We continued to do all of the things. Okay. And for still baby didn't come down.
0: Okay. So let's pause there. So we have client K, who has been now in labor for, I think, about 18 hours at this point. And the baby never descended past a negative two station. Her cervix never effaced more than 80%. And her cervix fluctuated between five to seven centimeters. So it went to seven and then it swelled and regressed back to five. Okay, So this is a key vaginal exam that she got, 580, negative two. And 14 hours later, 16 hours later, actually, no, I'm sorry, 18 hours later, <laughs> I'm yep. getting my tips. 18 hours later, she was still the same, a swollen 580 negative two. Okay, story A. All right, let's Colin. Let's go into last night's story.
1: Oh, this is this is why Colin takes naps during the day. So this was an induction. A client called us. Um, I was with her throughout the evening. She was definitely progressing. Things were getting closer together. Things were getting much more difficult. She was starting to say things. I think I typed a note that was like, first, I can't do this, all of that stuff. Um, And then you ended up switching out with me. And so she was originally like 460-ish, negative two. And then you switched out with me.
0: Yeah. Well, then her water broke. So she was 38 weeks. She was so cute. She said, What's in between my legs? B. She's a a doula, also. We were doulaing the doula. Um, She got induced, you guys, for IUGR, intrauterine growth restriction at 38 weeks because the baby's AC was less than 3%. You know, they're not big people, but I'm going to tell the, we saw the cause of the IUGR. So both of these stories, we're going to tell you about how the babies are the keepers of all the knowledge, Mm -hmm. not your doctor. Not you, not the doula. Your baby. Your baby is the keeper of all of that sacred womb space knowledge. We cannot. They are smart. Mm-hmm. They are so smart. So this this birthing she goes by mom, but this mom, this birthing person, she responded so quickly to her induction. Her body was ready. Okay, she got a little bit of servidil, uh, took a nap, got a Cook catheter. It fell out within a couple hours. Then her water broke. They added a tiny bit of pitocin, which, like, I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole. But we turned that shit off once her water broke. Like,
1: sorry, next episode, why we turned that shit
0: off? Right, we. I'm like, no pitocin needed. Her, like, we induced, and now she's in labor, so we don't need to augment. Like, she wants unmedicated. Let's just keep going. Okay, so at 8:30 in the morning, y'all, 8:35 to be specific. Left. Colin walks out the door huh. and we turn the Pitocin off, and the midwife does an exam and she's 580 and negative two. Okay. I, this is a defining moment for me as a doula, right? I have the opportunity to bring the birth of K with me to this birth space and go, shit, it's going to be 18 hours, right? Or my experience tells me a vaginal exam means absolutely nothing, nothing. So I looked at my client and I said, you can have a baby on your chest in less than one hour or you might be in labor for several more hours. And this
1: is important. The reason she got that exam is because she was thinking about making a change in plans medication-wise. Yes.
0: She got an exam because she was considering an epidural. I was like, this is a small baby. We're at 38 weeks. It's a small head. Your body is responding beautifully. Like, can you give me an hour on nitrous oxide to just try? Okay? So she gets nitrous oxide. And she... Tries, and she is clearly calling in transition. Ugh. Clearly, so we have K five eighty negative two. They both incredible. Five eighty negative two, who just, you know, just kept going hour after hour after hour after hour for eighteen hours of hard. Plus the labor. five days beforehand. Plus the five days before. I mean, I know they say they don't give out awards, but geez, you guys. Okay. Then you've got, then you've got B and she's at that, she's going much, much quicker. And she now appears to be in transition. Again, no vaginal exam needed. I can tell you her labor is progressing. Okay. I'm whispering to her partner. She is in transition. This baby is coming very soon. And she says the famous transition words, I can't do this. Make Um, it stop, you know, make it end, make it stop. No. Get this baby out of me. That's what she said. Get this baby out of me. Make it over. This is another, both of them were double rainbow babies. Oh, all three from last week too. These are all double rainbow babies that hire doulas
1: to be supportive.
0: Yeah. So she is, she is full blown about to have a baby. And she's like, Heidi, Heidi, I can't do it. And I'm like, girl, it's not my body. I don't give a shit if you get an epidural, but I think you're about to deliver your baby. So, like, I'm ready to keep coaching you. And so we agreed to get some fluids and to, like, call. Oh, that's like bumble dinging. Let me turn that off real quick. No need to date during doula diaries. <clears throat> doula dating. Um. So I'm like, let's just get some IV fluids. We'll get, you know, we'll call anesthesia. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, we're going to have a baby before then. So I said to her, may I do some moves on you that I think will help the baby descend from a negative two position? They're either going to work or they're not going to work. Colin and I did those, these same positions on K, patient, client K or whatever. And it, they didn't work. Okay. So they're going to work or they're not going to work. So, I, I laid her on her back and I said, Roll to the side in which your body intuitively tells you to go to. So, she rolled to her right side. And I did, if you guys go to spinningbabies.com, I did four exaggerated sideline releases where her top leg was dangling over onto the floor, almost like she was laying on her belly. And I was releasing her sacrum, her coccyx, and her pelvis kind of maneuver with some pressure. And she, all she said was, oh, this feels so good, while she's sucking on nitrous. Y'all, this position does not feel good. So I was thinking, yeah. okay, well, then the baby is about to come out of you because it's slipped so far down. Like, it's typically an uncomfortable position unless the head is beyond that part of the pelvis. Yeah. So when she's saying, oh, my God, this feels so good. Please don't stop doing it. I'm like, time to roll to the other side. <laughs> 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 So we did four on that side Rolled her to her other side And as soon as I rolled her to the other side And did one release she was pushing (sighs) Colin I said Colin is going to be so sad that she just left So the baby was (laughs) delivered Ten minutes later So So in B's story She delivered a baby Within an hour of being 580 negative 2 now let's go back to Kay. I'm I'm asleep. I have already worked my tail off. Colin's now working her tail off. Kay is over here working her tail off after five days of prodromal and then 18 hours of active labor. And Colin, she got another vaginal exam.
1: Yeah, and we'd regressed. That's when we had swelling, and she was now swollen. 80% but swollen 80% so probably lower and negative 2
0: yeah so
1: and her baby had started to not love labor as much
0: mhm Um. so we got an epidural right as a tool like okay maybe this is our last ditch effort
1: yeah it was like the hail mary of let's try to relax our pelvis as much as possible in case because everybody kept telling her that this baby was humongous
0: okay Well, so the Hail Mary goes out, the epidural. Does she get any rest at all?
1: She slept for maybe 30 minutes. I went to the gas station to get a Red Bull and her partner texted me and said, I think you need to come up here. Things are happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The baby's dropped. We're going to have a baby.
0: That was not the
1: case.
0: No. And instead she was um, sent back for an emergency cesarean section. Two things that we learned at these deliveries about what those babies knew. We saw on B's ultrasound that the baby had intrauterine growth restriction. When we looked at her placenta and explored it, they called it a marginal cord insertion when they saw it. But the umbilical cord was essentially like hanging off of the edge of the placenta. Her body was smart. Her body responded to the, it was about to go and she was going to go into spontaneous labor on her own anyway, which is why we were able to turn off the Pitocin and she was able to keep going because her body and her baby knew that the baby was safer on the outside than on the inside and that there was abundant room and space to rotate and come down and be born. And so that well, happened very quickly.
1: With, with Kay, so Kay was an urgent cesarean, not an emergency. I'm
0: sorry. I did say emergency cesarean. okay. I mean. Which,
1: But the good news is, is that her partner was able to be back there. But the reason that it didn't become an emergency was because she had been monitored since she was getting medication put in her system and her baby who has all the knowledge and all the wisdom was telling us via their heart rate that this was not something that they were loving anymore mm-hmm. right so their ba- her baby was communicating with us i'm ready to meet you and i'd like to do it sooner than later
0: yeah and so in b's story everything kind of worked out right like she was 580 negative 2 and an hour later had a baby on her chest and k's story everything also worked out in a yeah. different and beautiful way. And thank you for the clarifications. Um, an emergency cesarean section, you're under general anesthesia. No one can be with you. In an urgent cesarean, it's like, mm, we should probably go to C-section. But you're awake. You're present for the delivery. Um, there's not a true emergency going on. Yeah. Um, it's just very urgent. Um, so that is a, a quite a distinction in types of cesarean sections. What the doctor noted was a double nuchal cord. So the cord was not only wrapped around the baby's neck twice, but the cord was very short. I encapsulated her placenta for her, Colin. The cord didn't even go around half of the size of a dinner plate. So it was maybe seven inches long, six inches long. And it was that's
1: why that baby didn't come down. He didn't have any room on his bungee cord.
0: He didn't have any room on his bungee cord. So where the placenta was located and inserted and then came down and wrapped around the baby's neck, it was taut. So every time he was trying to descend, the cord was just getting tight and compressed and tight and compressed. And so you guys, if you have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know that my son Jagger had a double nuchal cord. He was not born via cesarean section. He had a long cord. He did. He had. A, I have a freaking cord keepsake that I would never do anything with because they kind of gross me out. Just to be honest, I make them for a living, and I still like. I don't want my own child's umbilical cord. He had a long cord. He was able to come out, but my child still suffered a brain injury and has cerebral palsy, as you guys know.
1: And a lot of babies, it should be said, that they can be born through them and they can be resolved, and it's mm. not an issue. But what? Jagger also let you know Mm -hmm. that something was going on also.
0: But length of the cord is important. The only person in the room that knows about their umbilical cord is the baby. Did you guys know we cannot see a nuchal cord wrap on an ultrasound? We can't map it. We don't know that there's a cord wrap. We don't know that there's a double cord wrap. We don't know if they're wearing their umbilical cord, like a backpack. Like we had I would one. say
1: they wrap themselves up like a birthday present.
0: Yeah. The baby is the keeper of all the knowledge. B's baby knew there there was this marginal cord insertion, which no one knew. All we knew was IUGR. Baby is kind of slowed the growth. And that baby was five pounds, two ounces at 38 weeks. Okay. I think, what is that? The bottom three percent or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So then there is Kay's baby, who was seven pounds, very short cord, double wrapped, and knew it. And and he told us over and over again, I can't descend, I can't descend, I can't descend. And you had very good doulas in there trying to maneuver that pelvis and head and cord.
1: I tell you what, that baby is a badass like his mom. Oh, yeah. That baby was doing all the things to to be able to be born vaginally, you know, and we were doing all the things in the baby. He said like, look guys, this is something that you may need to know. And this is the only way I can tell you via what my heart rate looks like. So like, let's, let's become a family on the outside now. Yeah,
0: exactly. So anyway, Colin and I, I just wanted to call Colin and jump on and just chat about five negative two y'all don't get hung up on these vaginal exams, please. 580, negative two, baby on your chest in an hour. 580, negative two, 18 hours of labor, no progression of labor, and end in an urgent cesarean section. We don't know. It literally gives your provider, yourself, your doula, no information at all.
1: I will say it gives us information if you stay the same, same. for an extended period of time. But, like, we can also tell as people that don't put your their hands in your vagina and feel your cervix as your doulas based on how long and strong your contractions are based on what's coming out of you based on what's not coming out of you all of these things we can tell if you're progressing typically or not
0: yeah the sacral reflex right we mm-hmm. can see if the bulge in your back is happening we can actually see this dark purple line come up from your um like your butt cheeks essentially and as you dilate that line gets darker like we look at these things right um but the end of that story is that 580 negative two is not a crystal ball. It doesn't tell you. And you know, the, what you do next with the next contraction is a choice. And hopefully you have people around you supporting the choices that you make. So
1: you're the boss of your body and your baby's the boss of your baby. So like have a team that supports all of that.
0: Yeah, that's it. What you doing today, Colin?
1: I'm gonna. These dogs are crazy, so we're gonna go for a W-A-L-K. I can't say it or they'll bother me, but yeah. that's what we're gonna do. It's beautiful fall.
0: It is such beautiful fall, and I, you guys, don't take offense to this, but I'm gonna shimmy, 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 Ooh, baby. No one's in labor. Shimmy, shimmy, <laughs> shimmy.
1: As soon as I go on a walk, so the water's going to
0: break. Colin and I have been at eight. It's uh, We're recording on October 19th, and we have been at eight birds already in October with two more to come. It's just a very busy month with long, you know, stories like this. But I'm glad that you guys could stick around and enjoy some doula diaries, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.